Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 244 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today, we have some big news. Ma Long can be beaten. We'll discuss that and more results as we review the Kuwait Open. We'll also talk about speed cubing, Arnold Schwarzenegger, plus we answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Aloys Rosario is here with me. Welcome, Aloys. Oh, thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, a new week, and uh, we uh, had a had a big weekend here in Melbourne. It was a big weekend, wasn't it? Yes, because you know what was on in Aloys? The Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. Oh, really? Right. Yes, I was really. More, it was the, I, I was thinking more it was the Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, that was big too. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo did quite well. Indeed, yes. I think finished fourth, so yeah. uh, good effort by the Aussie, but uh, yeah. Good result and a big crash in the Grand Prix for anyone who didn't see it. They had to stop the race. Um, yeah. But Alonso was, was all good. Got out of it, just walked away. Settled Incredible. Out of yeah. Yes, indeed. So, um, yes, now... Allies, normally you associate Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic with, you know, bodybuilding, uh, powerlifting, um, lots of supplements, and all of that was there at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, but also there was darts, chess, and speed cubing. Well, there you go. What a, what a, what a um, strange um, variation. So two-day competition for the speed cubing. Um, I went on the first day, set a couple of PBs in the 3x3, fastest single in competition at 29.13, and fastest average of 33. Wow, that is good. Pyraminx, fastest single of 7.8, and an average of just over 11 seconds. So that was good. My 2x2, which I thought I was going to do the best at, just missed my PBs. So there you go. So, and uh, the Grand Prix's got nothing on that. Exactly. And then the next, because I didn't make it through to the next round, we had other stuff on. We went and saw the Dinosaurs um, Jurassic Park exhibition. That is really good too. You would have seen if you follow me on Snapchat a bit of that. So if you're not, follow Ping Skills on Snapchat, username Ping Skills. That was really good. But I didn't go the second day, Alois. And guess who turned up himself? Arnold Schwarzenegger watching the cubing. My neighbour was there, got some pictures of Arnie, um, and Arnie watched him do a solve, and he said, do it quicker, get to the chopper. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, very good. Very good, Jeffrey. (laughs) Funny stuff. Yes, indeed. But in even bigger news, Alois, it appears Marlon can be beaten. Yes, indeed. So who would have thought? Um, yeah, so the Q8 Open was on um, on the weekend, just finished uh, late last night, our time. And Ma Long went down to Zhang Ke in the final, 4-1. Um, so all the games were close, except for the one that he won. So uh, Zhang Ke won 11-9, 11-9, lost the third 11-5, then 12-10, 11-9. So four games uh, won by two points there. But... Uh, Zhang Ji Ker. Well, had we written him off six months ago? Yes, we had. Is he winning <laughs> P- 
pro tour events, world tour events? Yes, he is. Um, so in the semis, um, Ma Long took out Zhu Xin 4-1. And in the other semi, Zhang Ke took out Fan Zhen Dong. So the big four Chinese players, um, all there, all making the semis. But um, also interestingly along the way, you know, some some a little bit of a struggle. So Ma Long took out uh, Samson of 4-1. Zhu Xin just over the top of uh, Mizutani, 12-10 in the seventh. Um, and then Zhang Ke took out uh, Ovcharov 4-3 as well in the quarters, um, 11-8 in the seventh. And Fan Zendong took out Peng Teng 4-2. So the Chinese not having it all, all their own way, but, you know, in the end, the four big fellas in the semis and uh, and Zhang Ke taking out the title. Amazing. So, so some yeah, great yeah. news there. I mean, firstly, some competition for the Olympics. That's good to know Marlon can be beaten. But like you said, even more encouraging, Dmitry Ovcharov back from injury, obviously playing well. Um, and Jun Mozatani, you know, good result for him too. So the Olympics really heating up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, who's basically who's going to take those two Chinese qualifying spots? That's the that's the really big question for me over the next uh, month or so. Indeed, we'll, yeah. we will be watching closely. And in the in the women's, um, another little bit of an upset, Feng Tian Wei coming back to form. Um, so beating Zhu Yu Ling in the quarterfinal, 4-1. Um, and um, in the other um, semis, so it was Li Jia Jia uh, played Kazumi Ishikawa, Ishikawa beating Cheng Yi Ching um, in the quarters from Taipei. Um, and Feng Chen Wei beating, uh, sorry, losing to Ding Ning in her semi-final, four uh, nil, and uh, yeah, fairly decisive. So, uh, so, but the final, Li Jiaojia taking out Ding Ning, so four one. So you know, a few uh, a few uh, spanners being thrown in the works. Oh, so Li Jiaojia actually taking out Lu Xi Wen. 4-0 in the quarters as well. So that was probably the big upset um, early on. And then Lee wow. Jazzy are coming, coming through. So, again, in the women's, who's going to take those two qualification spots um, at, uh, at in Rio for China? Big question for me. Big question indeed. Well, as always, great uh, event put on by the ITTF. Get on to ITTV. You can watch all these matches live or watch them afterwards. You've just got to do it. Great table tennis, and it helps you improve as well. All right, Alois, let's move on to some Pink Skillers questions. Um, the Well, of the day. The last one we asked was, what is more important, talent or hard work? Now, this is one of my favourite topics. What did people say? Yeah, so... Um... I think uh, fairly fairly much uh, on the side of hard work. Um, so Mark Alberta said, talent goes a long way, but hard work seems to have more long-term benefits. Good point. Um, Leroy said, both are important, different for different circumstances. I think I have some talent, but I'm kind of an underachiever. Um, Mitch Allender said, hard work. Talent's nothing without hard work. Um and Mukul said, talent plus hard work plus young age equals Ma Long. Mm. 
<laughs> wow. It, um, it did in his case, in Ma Long's case, but I'm sure there were plenty of talented, young, hardworking people that didn't turn out to be Ma Long. Yeah, true. And Duncan, Duncan Wright said, um, talent is absolutely irrelevant without hard work. Bounce by Matthew Syed is a great book on the subject. He believes talent doesn't exist. Says it's all about focused practice. I agree with the practice part, but not entirely with the idea that talent doesn't exist. I believe in ranges of natural aptitude. Some people may have a lower level of starting ability, but a higher level of potential. And he's, uh, we put a link there to the bounce um, promo video. Um, but then also another interesting one from Ionsi said, uh, there's a great anime about that. It's called table tennis the anime it's about a guy who does have talent but too lazy and a guy who plays like a robot with hard work and best effort they both are best friends it's an interesting story and on the facebook page uh ionsi's put a link to that anime so if you're into anime get onto that as well so yes lots of lots of interesting discussion there jeff what's your thoughts well that anime sounds a bit like the tortoise and the hare story um (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, look, I love reading those books, Bounce and The Talent Code and, you know, Outliers, all good. But when you just go down and watch some kids play any sport, to me it's clear that some kids have more talent than others. So I'm sure talent exists. But as everyone said, you know, without hard work, um, it doesn't count for much because people are going to work harder than you. So, um, you know, you need both. Talent and hard work. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I think I think when you've got both, then you get um, someone reaching a really high level. But, you know, if you feel like you haven't got talent, you know, so you, 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 when you struggled when you're starting off, with hard work, you can get a very, very, very long way. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so- I agree with that, absolutely. And, you know, maybe you're just looking at it wrong. Maybe you do have talent, but you haven't looked at it right. And, you know... When you work hard, you'll bring out some of that talent. Yeah, and and I think a few people also said that, you know, talent, or sorry, being able to work hard and having the good attitude is also a talent, isn't it? So um, having physical talent and, you know, ability to hit the ball nicely, etc., is one thing. But if you haven't got the talent um, to be able to train hard, then, you know, then you're really missing out on something there as well. Certainly, certainly. Great topic. And thanks, everyone, for contributing. And today, Alloys, the Pink Skills question of the day is, can you play a musical instrument? And if so, is it relevant to your table tennis? So jump on to our Facebook page or the Pink Skills website and let us know if you can play a musical instrument and whether it's relevant to your table tennis. Okay, now, Alloys, how is your power of practice spin catcher challenge coming along? Yeah, really good. Um, like, I think I feel I felt really, really solid yesterday. I, um, yeah, I felt like I could catch the ball whenever I wanted. Um, so I was watching the Grand Prix while I was doing yesterday's uh, spin catcher challenge so you know there's you know lots happening in the background as well so take a look at that one but um yeah so i felt like i'm really starting to to get the feel of it so yeah again interesting over the next 10 days where i can go with it so was it just like just the cumulative practice that's got you to where you are 
Or was it like a breakthrough moment where you thought, aha, that's it? No, I, I still don't feel like that's it. I still don't feel like, you know, just give me a bat and a ball and I'll go bang, bang, and I'll be able to catch it straight away. Um, but, yeah, I, it's it's been a pretty gradual um, increase. And as, um, as you would have seen if you were following the story, so there's been a lot of ups and downs in that, uh, in that progress too so you know like I feel like I've gone from here to here but I remember a couple of days there where I felt oh man like it just felt terrible um so yeah couldn't couldn't control the ball at all so you know I think it's just that cumulative you know five minutes a day so what have I I've done 20 days so 100 minutes now um yeah so 100 minutes of practice on the same skill and I, I do need to just check roughly how many um times I do that um, skill within that five minutes. So, you know, over that time, practicing that skill um, regularly, um, it's definitely improved a lot. Mm. It does look like quite a complex uh, skill because there's a lot of spin involved. You've got to get the ball just finely. Uh, it looks quite complex. The, yeah. the table well, tap for me yeah. at the start was very difficult because you're working with small distances and you're used to hitting the ball quite hard. So at first, you're just missing the table because you're hitting it too hard. And it was kind of like as soon as you could just hit the ball softly and just with a bit more control, it sort of switched it around. And it happened sort of pretty quickly um, that that skill evolved and I was able to hit, start getting a lot more numbers on there. And then you just kind of build from there and get better and better. So, you know, that was interesting. And yeah, so... So your your longest um, rally is about four minutes ten, Jeff. So that's yeah, four there. minutes ten. Yeah, I must admit, alloys this weekend with the whole speed cubing and then the Grand Prix and the thing, I was a bit slack. Um, so didn't get any practice in over the weekend. Oh, Jeffrey. Well, you better get get back to it uh, Monday. Exactly. I'll get back to it Monday. I've got to get the five minute rally. I think it's possible. It's, it's. I think that is just more about focus. I mean, it's hard to concentrate for five minutes straight. Like in table tennis, you get, you know, you play a point, then you get a bit of a break, play a point, get a bit of a break. It's not like you have to concentrate for five minutes straight. So and um, it, it'll be really interesting, Jeff, going back to it now, um, after that two day break, um, what your skill is like. Has it gone down significantly? Um, has it increased because you're fresher? So let's watch out for uh, the 21st of March entry for Jeff's table tapper. What yes, let's see. Which yeah, way will it go? <laughs> Good question. All right. Well, let's move on to everybody's favourite segment, This Day in History. Alice, what happened on the 21st of March? Yes, it's the birthday of James Tiberius Kirk, Jeffrey. Kirk. Don't know. Who, who's, who's James Tiberius Kirk? If I gave you another clue that uh, his birthday is in the year 2233. Oh, oh, Kirk, like the, like, um, from not Star Wars, but the other one. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Correct. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk's birthday. 21st of March, 2233. See, you confused me because I was this day in history and I thought Kirk and that did come to my mind, but I thought, no, that's that's in the future. Yeah, well, no, it's on this day, Jeffrey. That's what... <laughs> okay, well, I've been calling it this day in history, but good one. All right, Captain Kirk's birthday. 
Yes. That is indeed. fantastic. Yeah. Born in Iowa, apparently. Really? Yep. There you go. Love it. Yep. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, I'm sure Captain Kirk would be pretty good at table tennis. And um, I wonder if he could answer some of these questions as well. Let's ask him in a few hundred years when he's born. Yes. All right. But for now, you're going to have to answer the questions, Alloys. Are you ready? Sure. We can do a lot of shows between now and 2233. We certainly can. All right. First question is from Hattam. He says, nothing frustrates me more than long pips, especially blockers. If I attack with spins, I find the ball landing either in the net or going outside. If I do not attack, they attack with snapshots and the ball comes back in a weird way. Can you help Hattam? Yeah. So the first thing, Hattam, is just to understand the effect of the long pimples, and that's really important. So what's happening is that if you're topspinning the ball into the pimples and they're blocking it, so it's going to come back with that little bit of backspin on the ball. So the more topspin you put on, the more backspin you're going to get back. So you need to either lift that next one or just or just push it back um, a bit higher. Um, if you just try to play your normal topspin again, that next ball is going to go bang straight into the net. So just understanding that um, slight, um, or not slight, but quite different um, effect that the long pimple has compared to an inverted rubber is really important. Um, okay, so if I, if I topspin the ball, it's going to come back with backspin. Yeah. And then if I backspin the ball... It's going to come back to you with a bit of topspin. So later in his question, he also said that, you know, when he's pushing to the long pimples, the ball's going up high, and that's exactly what will happen. So if you push the ball with backspin, it's going to hit the pimples. It's going to come out with some topspin. If you push that next one, it's like pushing at top. If I did this to you and you pushed it, the ball will go up high in, into the air. So that's what's happening, Adam. Um, so my advice is always... Find someone with long pimples and try to play against it as much as you possibly can. It's just reprogramming the brain to understand what um, is happening on each ball. And it's not a mystery. It's not like uh, one time it's going to do this and another time it's going to do that. It's it's a physical effect. So um, if you put topspin on it, it's going to come out with backspin. If you put backspin on it, it's going to come out with topspin, et cetera, et cetera. So, so just get the opportunity to play against it as much as you possibly can and uh, gain that experience. Yeah, and one basic strategy you can use when you're first working with long pimples is to do one topspin, then the ball will come back with backspin, then you can push it, and then it'll come back with topspin, and then you can just sort of uh, go over the top of it and top spin it. So just do one top spin, one push, and that will be easier. But um, that's just a starting strategy. Once you get better and you understand how the ball's coming back, you know what spins on the ball and you can play whatever shot you want. So, yeah, as Alois said, get out there, find someone with long pimples and just practice, practice, practice. And we do have a video of this in our match strategy section. So I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you're interested, go to our Pink Skills website, click on the blog link, and you'll find all the show notes for here, and you can watch that video. All right, next question is from Marson, who says, if a ball comes to me in quite an almost straight path, but then after impact kicks off strongly to the side, do you call it side spin or top spin? 
how do you call it? The ball coming circles sideways, but the path spin is north-south. That's a bit yeah. confusing, Alloys. Can you simplify yeah. this all for us? Sure. So what Marcin's talking about is that someone's doing a serve to you and it starts out coming straight to you, but then when it bounces on your side, it kicks off to the side. So the the thing there is that it is a side spin serve. So the reason that it's coming straight to start off with is momentum. So because you the, the opponents hit the ball forward, it's coming forward to you, but the ball's still spinning sideways as, as it's coming forward to you. When the ball slows down a little bit, then the side spin takes um, takes effect and kicks off sideways on the table. So the ball has a lot of side spin on it. It looks like it's coming straight at you to start with, but then uh, as the the forward momentum of the ball um, slows down, the side spin takes over and it kicks off sideways. So it's a side spin serve um, and you need to play it as that. So if you touch the ball even before it bounced, the ball still has side spin on it. So if you did that, the ball will go off sideways. So you need to allow for that side spin when you're playing against it. So uh, adjust the angle of your racket uh, to um, allow for that side spin that's on that ball. Yeah, interesting. So I guess if the ball's spinning over, we call it top spin, and if it's spinning round, we call it side spin. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's right. So if it's spinning round that way, it's side spin, um, but the ball's coming to him um, this way, so that's what's confusing him. It's coming straight to him um, because of the momentum on the ball. But then is it instead of getting the ball spinning around this axis, is it possible to get it spinning around this axis but still moving forward? Because it's hard to hit that but still get forward momentum. Yeah, it can't be perfect. It can't be perfectly this way because if you just did it this way, it wouldn't actually go forwards. So there has to be a little bit of um, forward um, momentum on it as well. Okay. All right. Well, interesting question, Martin. And, uh, you know, good to analyze all this and try and understand it. Um, and yeah, just get out on the table and work with different spins and see the effect off your bat. It's always great to experiment and nothing like actually feeling the ball off your bat to learn how something is reacting. So everyone get out on the table and practice different spins. All right. Next up, a question from Fiad. He says, I can do the forehand topspin quite smoothly. But on the other hand, when I try to do the backhand topspin, I can't get a strong grip on the racket. My bat seems to fly off my hand in the direction of my swing if I hold the bat too stiffly. Yeah, so getting that getting that happy medium of your grip is can be quite difficult to start with. So when we start, you know, this is our grip. So we have that pointer finger there, the thumb there. And initially players will tend to start to hold that bat really tightly in their hands. So you're going to hang on to it because you want to keep that bat in the right position. But eventually, the better players have a very, very loose grip on their bat. So basically, if um, you go up to them, you'd be able to just take the bat out of their hand like that. Getting that um, subtle balance is really important. If you relax it too much like that, and you try to swing, yes, the bat will flippy-floppy everywhere and it can even fly out of your hand. But you'll find that you really don't need a lot of um, power here 
to keep that bat in your hand. So I've got that really loose in my hand. You can probably see it wobbling around there. I've got, got it really loose in my hand, um, but I've still got enough grip on it to, to be able to maintain it in my hand. So it's just that happy balance of, um, of strength and relaxation of the grip to keep the, the bat in your hand, but keep your fingers completely relaxed, which is going to allow your, um, your wrist to work better, your forearm to be relaxed, your, and the whole arm to swing through nicely on your stroke. Mm, but so do we want it totally relaxed or is that if the bat starts wobbling, that seems like it's going to be a bad thing? Yeah. It, so so if, it's, if it's this, if it's that and you haven't got a proper grip on the bat, then that's no good. So you still, still need to maintain that um, grip. So this is our grip, thumb, pointer finger, fingers around here. So you need to maintain that grip, but you don't need to, and it's hard to show on the, sh- on the video, but it's hard to you don't need to grip it really tightly like that, okay, because that just locks up your wrist, locks up your forearm, and even locks up your shoulder as well. So I can feel that as soon as I tense there, there's a whole lot of tension going all the way through my arm. So keeping it relaxed but maintaining the same grip is important as well. Okay, gotcha. So it seems like the biggest problem is most people will be holding the bat too tight. A few people might be holding it a bit too loose. Um, and just so just experiment at first, probably most people should try starting starting to loosen their grip a little bit and see how that affects their stroke and, and maybe go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, most people will be on the too tight side, especially. All right. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Fayad. Hopefully, those tips help you out. Well, Alois, that wraps up show 244, a big show because we talked about a lot of things, including the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic um, and the interesting cubing comp at that event, plus the Kuwait Open, lots of good stuff. If you like the show, make sure to go to pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter because then you get lots of table tennis tips. Go to pingskills.com. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Alloys. Yeah, thanks, Jeffrey, and well done. 29.1, that's a huge solve. Yes, thank you, but um, still miles off. I didn't make the cut. I think I was, I think I finished 70th out of 100 people. I was, I've got to get a lot faster, man. So you know the answer, right, Jeff? Five minutes of practice a day? You do it. That's it. You get onto it. Uh, you know, You know what, Alloys? I think in this case... These kids are practicing a lot more than five minutes a day. I think I'm going to need to up the practice if I'm going to get uh, anywhere near these kids. A lot of them are solving it between like, well, the fastest on the day was about seven seconds, Felix Zemdegs, speed cubing world champion. But a lot of the kids, you know, are between 10 and 20 seconds, a lot of them. I need a lot of practice. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone, and we will see you again tomorrow. Enjoy your table tennis. Bye.